Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. everyone. Hope you're having a good week. And if you are in the United States, happy Super Bowl Sunday, or as I've been calling it, the Dr. Dre concert. I am so excited for this halftime. I realized, like, I'm officially old. I am so excited for Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, and Eminem. I just, I I am, for those of you who don't know, I'm a huge fan of 90s hip hop and uh, early 2000s hip hop. And my go-to karaoke song has usually either been Juicy <laughs> or uh, Forgot About Dre. <laughs> I can do both the Dr. Dre and Eminem parts. So I'll have to post that uh, on Instagram again. It's 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 something. (laughs) All right. So something happened to me this week that really made me laugh. I thought I'd share it with you all. So it's very rare for my work life and my interest in Bravo and Housewives to ever really overlap. But they did this week. I was in a meeting where a number of people were former Capitol Hill staffers, and we were all talking about effective lobbying techniques, especially during lobby days, where a number of people meet with members of Congress or their staff to push a specific piece of legislation, and when it makes sense to use emotion or personal experience and kind of when it goes too far and what's effective. And every single former staffer was telling these stories about their worst experiences being lobbied. And all of them had the same story about how for a period of three years, they would get nonstop calls about the Yulin Dog Festival in China. And if you guys can remember, this was actually covered on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and it was a pet issue of Lisa Vanderpump where there is this dog meat festival in China where they torture dogs. And it's obviously an awful thing, but I had always wondered, you know, like <laughs> like the purpose of having the U.S. Congress comment on this because it's not like the U.S. government can get it to stop. But anyway, so what these people would do is they would call congressional staff and they would ask them, do you have a dog? What kind of dog? What's your dog's name? And then they would proceed to describe really horrific torture about that member, that staff member's dog and be like, imagine Teddy was being ripped limb from limb and hanging from the ceiling and just horrible stuff. And it's just, they were all saying they felt harassed by these people who were calling. And I just... I had to kind of laugh because I'm imagining these LVP stands getting a hold of Capitol Hill staffers and thinking that they're somehow going to be able to end the Yulin Dog Festival in China by getting Congress to pass a resolution. And a resolution isn't even law. It's just an expression of the sentiment of Congress. And it's usually a pretty effective advocacy tool to raise awareness on an issue, such as, you know, a resolution to declare February Heart Disease Awareness Month, you know, but... (laughs) 
anyways. And these poor staffers had to endure this for years because the bill was introduced in 2016. And that was an election year. And so that means that in January 2017, a new Congress was sworn in. And whenever a new Congress is sworn in, everything starts over again. And so if a bill didn't pass in the previous Congress, and you want it to pass in this Congress, it has to be reintroduced, you have to go through the process of getting co sponsorships again, and it has to go through committee and the whole thing has to <laughs> has to start over. And so uh, these poor staffers just going through this, and I just imagined it was their own little foray into housewives Twitter and LVP standum. Now, I did get kind of curious. So I went on Vanderpump Dog's website to look at what they had said about the resolution on the Yulin Dog Festival. And actually, there is a lot of legislation that Vanderpump Dogs supports. And I think they do it as part of the animal welfare community, um, an animal rights community, and they've had some success. So I'm very, you know, impressed with that. But when it was sort of LVP going at it alone, only talking about the Yulin Dog Festival, tactics weren't great. <laughs> and speaking of not great tactics, I wanted to just briefly touch on Jersey. We talk about it um, in my chat with Tane and Aid, but I realized listening back that I don't think I spent enough time. I think I wasn't hard enough on Marge for how she talked to Jennifer Aiden in the aftermath of exposing Bill's affair on camera. And I don't think Marge was necessarily wrong. And you'll hear Tane and Aiden and I kind of agree we're a little bit more on Marge's side than on Jennifer's side and all of this. But I did feel it was really callous of... Margaret to dismiss how this will impact Jennifer's children. And she's just kind of like, oh, they can go to therapy. And I mean, we all saw Margaret talk about the impact that her mother's behavior had on her. And a lot of her book is her reckoning with her mother's behavior. And so it appears that like, just going to therapy wasn't you know, she had to write an entire book. She spent a lot of time working on this issue. And then also, she has stepchildren that still don't speak to her or have a relationship with her because she cheated on their father. So to act as if it's no big deal and kids get over things, I don't think is a very accurate thing. And it's it's not very, very nice. All that being said, this is one of my favorite things about housewives, not these like horrible stories about cheating, getting exposed, but how we all are watching the same show, but can have such different takes on who we think is right, who we think is wrong, and how we process what we're watching. And I love the nuance of it. I know that there's not much room for nuance on Twitter or when people are standing their favorite housewife on Instagram, but I love trying to understand where people are coming from with this because there's a lot of people who are saying Margaret's actually the hypocrite, it's not Jennifer, and you know, vice versa. And I just, I don't know, I love seen how people process the same information as me and have a different take on it. I find it endlessly fascinating. All right. Today on the podcast, I have two amazing women, 
obtain an aid from Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. I do not watch Married at First Sight, but they watch Housewives and we talk all about reality TV, how it's changed, uh, kind of given social media, how Housewives has become a year-round viewing uh, experience. And of course, we talk Salt Lake, Jersey, a little OC. We go back to Jersey, and then we touch briefly on Miami and Summer House. I think you guys will really enjoy, and if you watch Married at First Sight, you have to give them a listen. Their podcast is amazing, and I listen to it sometimes, even though I don't watch Married at First Sight, but I still find it very funny. Um, Of course, if you enjoy this podcast, I encourage you to go and rate it five stars and leave a kind review. If you have any comments or constructive criticism, my DMs are always open, and I really encourage you to reach out to me. You can find me at Mandy Slutsker on Instagram and on Twitter. I hope you all have a wonderful week. We'll take a very quick break and then be back with Tane and Aid. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everyone. I am here with two ladies from the D.C. area, Tane and Aid from the podcast Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. And I'm so excited to be chatting with them, although I believe Aid is leaving us for Texas. How she could sure you is. <laughs> I <laughs> am abandoning Tane. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have such a funny podcast about Married at First Sight, and I've listened to it, and I have not even seen the TV show Married at First Sight. But I've always wondered, do you call it like MAFS or is it M-A-F-S? Maths. Okay. Okay. I will say this though, before we started the podcast, I've never in my life called it maths. And then aid always used to say maths. And I was like, okay, quick one and two, it's married at first sight. And then I started saying (laughs) maths. What led you guys to start the podcast? Um, I went over to Tane's house during the pandemic to get Clorox wipes. (laughs) <laughs> back when we thought they were useful yes <laughs> and then I'll let Tang take it from there okay so I am a reality show aficionado and I used to listen to a podcast for Married at First Sight and then they just never came back and then the season after they never came back and I was telling a friend of mine like man I have no podcast and she's like why don't you do one I was like oh no I'm not equipped to do that and then Aid came over for Clorox Wipes and I'm telling her about it she's like I mean, I'll do one. If you do all the research and figure it out, I'll do one. And I'm like, wait, (laughs) it's a possibility. And I was unemployed at the time and there was COVID. There's nothing to do. And I'm like looking it up. I'm like, we just have to talk. We can do this. And then we just did it. Just do it. (laughs) And that's how we love it. Like you have a lot of people that listen. That's amazing. How did you get into reality TV? You say you're an aficionado. 
just born with it. Um, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really into pop culture. So besides reality TV, I watch a lot of stuff. I listen to a lot of stuff. I read a lot of stuff. I always want to be in the know. And I think of my childhood. We talk a lot about this in on our podcast. We're both um, Nigerian. And I grew up in Nigeria until I was a teenager. And I think my earliest memory was we didn't have subscriptions, but my mom always used to buy me magazines just for me to be in the know of everything that was going on. And I think that's where it started from. And by the time I got older in college years, I'd honed my skills on being reality show adjacent. So by the time the whole boom of reality show came over, I was ready, ready for it. And then I was in it. Do you feel like it's hard to keep up though now? Because back when we were teenagers, I'm assuming I'm older than you though, but there was like the stream of information was slower. It was like once a week, a magazine came out and you saw what was on the cover. And then when the internet got big and blew up, there were the blogs and there was the Perez Hilton. But again, he could only update so many times a day. Now I feel like it's like every few seconds there's new information. And I just, it's like drinking from a fire hose. You don't even know what's coming and you just, you blink and you miss something. Yeah, but there's um, the flip side of that is, you can hone in on what you actually like. So I feel like I started watching reality TV and it was just part of my TV watching. But then once you discover like the podcast and Reddit and like you're in it, um, it becomes like a different thing. But I also don't know, like Tane makes fun of me all the time for my lack of pop culture knowledge um, because I never know what's going on except for if it's happening in reality TV land. It's on just, certain networks. <laughs> it's so fun to go back in time. I've I've had recently and like different pop culture things that were going on, whether it was with like the Britney Spears meltdown in 2007, mm-hmm. 2008, and the coverage of that and what I thought was happening and how much attention I was paying to it versus mm-hmm. like I missed so many things from that. And mm-hmm. I, I was a fan of Britney Spears. Like I liked her music. But I was not following like the day to day. I missed so many interviews. I think I knew about the conservatorship, but like didn't really. There's just so many things that you miss. And then now with being on Twitter and like more and like paying attention to social media, I feel like I know so much more. Yeah. We definitely have more information than we should. I don't think we're equipped for how much information we all consume in this present day. It's way too much. So I think you have a point there. Like we knew, but we didn't know this much because we shouldn't know this much about people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. It's actually a very deep and brilliant thought is that we're not prepared for the amount of info. Like we're not set up to consume the amount of information that we're given. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Just with everything, there is so much. And not only do we get information, but we have, especially living in the U.S., opinions on all the information. Like everyone today, I feel like, is both an expert on epidemiology and Ukraine. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. You kind of have to sit and think, are these my thoughts or is this what they said? Like even looking at the Housewife show, before I watch Beverly Hills, now they give me like anxiety. You see all the takes and I'm like, oh my God, who do I like? Who do I hate? <laughs> and I have to sit and be like, wait, watch it by yourself, Tane, and form an opinion. But I already have opinions before I even watch it. So 
And that reminds me of the olden days of watching these shows. Like I remember when I would watch Beverly Hills and there was no podcast, there was no Reddit, there was nothing. I just watched the show. And then I talked to my sister about it. Like, right. And it was a different viewing experience. And I actually find it really fun. I have a couple people in my life who only watch the shows and they don't engage in any of the like extra stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, it's almost like they're watching a different show with all of those takes and like all that background research and all the private investigator work that people on the internet do, it doesn't get to them. Yeah. And and they end up having very different viewpoints. It's very cool. That's the majority of the people I know that even watch the shows, but most of the people in my life don't even watch these shows and forget that I have a podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Wait, reality TV? Wait, Housewives? But I'm wondering, do you guys think Housewives is becoming overproduced or was it always this way? I don't think it's overproduced. It's a victim of its times. The Mm -hmm. only show I would say is overproduced is Salt Lake City, but it's overproduced by the cast itself because they're the most recent and they didn't come in authentic. Everyone wants to be the bone collector. I said it. I think I tweeted this two weeks ago. Everyone is the villain in this show. Yeah, because everyone is trying too hard to keep their spots. So it doesn't come up as authentic. But overall, I don't think it's overproduced. But my hot take is I think every single season should be recast. Interesting. Sort of like a below deck. Yeah. Where there's like one person that stays, but everyone else seems to be new. No, I think every single person needs to go. (laughs) (laughs) Clean house. I I think the studying, I think the funniest part is the Salt Lake ladies, theoretically, have done the most studying. Like you can see it in the way they try to react to things and the way they try to do things. And yet for all their studying, they don't seem to understand what actually made for a good housewife, which is authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. And what I think is becoming problematic with housewives is they feel they have to fit some sort of mold or like we're housewives we have to bring drama we have to a b c d whatever they think they have to do but some of the other shows like summer house for example they're just like living their lives and the cameras happen to catch them living their lives and they're not like oh i have to do this because it's bringing drama i mean maybe there's a couple people that do that but the mm-hmm. rest of them seem to just be living authentically and our friends regardless of whether or not the show is happening and that feels like i feel like over time people have really gotten to love the cast of summer house because we see them so authentic you know Absolutely. Because if you ask me the best show on Bravo right now, it is Summer House for me and Below Deck Sailing Yacht because of that very reason. Three years ago, it was Vanderpump Rules because they're just horrible people and they own being horrible, but at least it's authentic. One of the best villains is Kenya Moore. I do not like her at all, but she's just a natural villain. She's just doing her. She's not trying to be a villain. She owns it and she just does it. Unlike, you know, Lisa Barlow, who is trying to be a villain. So (laughs) that, okay, let's get into Salt Lake City because I actually don't think Lisa's trying to be a villain. I think (laughs) she would be an incredible villain if she would allow herself to be. But I think she wants to view herself as like this amazing friend who's 
I don't know. I have no idea what goes on in her head. Actually, if I could get in any housewife's head, it would probably be Lisa Barlow. Like, I am bewildered by her. (laughs) (laughs) I think she's kind of terrible because she's like having these extreme emotional reactions. And there's just not the history there to justify all of it. Like, Mm. When we watch Beverly Hills season one, two, three, and you've got like, you know, Taylor going through her stuff and Camille losing her, you know, shit or whatever. It was either about their family so we could understand why, or it was about interpersonal relationships that actually seem to exist. But when you see her flipping out over Meredith not being a friend or whatever, it's, I'm not invested in this. I don't know why you're screaming. I don't know why you're throwing mics at people. It seems very put upon. Once again, doesn't seem authentic. I mean, don't cry if there are no tears. Even the tears are not real. <laughs> right. Maybe she has chronic dry eye. <laughs> Sorry, like like Jen Shaw had dry eyes and she couldn't she couldn't read her Miranda rights or whatever. Um, <laughs> these women. So you're right. It's there's not these authentic relationships between them aside from I think Heather and Whitney seem to very much have an alliance and a true friendship. But again, we Mm -hmm. haven't known them that long. I mean, Lisa is so unhinged in this episode. I don't think we've ever seen her like this. Now, what I want to get your take on is this new sort of theory that Heather laid out for us, which is that Lisa's friendship with Jen Shaw made it so that Jen doesn't bring up Meredith's dirt and that it was keeping Meredith safe in a lot of ways. I had never considered this. I don't know that Meredith even asked for this friendship. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you think of this as a theory, I guess? What's the dirt? That she cheated on her husband when they both agree they were broken up and seeing other people? I like- have no idea. <laughs> but I do feel like there is a lot of dirt that each of these women have that no one is saying out loud. And that's what's causing these insane reactions from everyone because everyone's always on edge that someone's going to say what the dirt is, I guess. Which is annoying. Just say it. This is why like franchises suffer. Yep. Atlanta is the number one franchise in my heart and in the ratings because they don't do this stuff. They just say it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they're starting to do that on Jersey a bit too. Like just Marge just came out and said it. Oh, the, We'll get into that, but she did sit on it for what three years. But yeah, do you think that there's like a lot of dirt on Meredith? That I don't know, I just don't see it. So I think there's dirt, absolutely. All of these women always have dirt. I am not buying what Heather is putting down. One, she's also the one who thinks Meredith called the FBI to think that they have that much power. (laughs) That is the greatest joke of Salt Lake City, and also proves to me. How stupid these women are and how stupid they must think we are. Like, the FBI is not going to the real housewives to figure out their cases. And it's this is the right thing. Like, I'm like, do you guys read? Because when Jen got arrested, that's when it came out. Like, she's been investigated before. Like, this is a multi-level thing. Like, it it was out there if you wanted to look for it. So for them to say, oh, Meredith called the FBI. Like, how stupid do you think we are? And how stupid are you if you actually believe that? I don't think they believe it at all. Yeah, they're just trying to push the story. But then the other... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. The other part of it is um, Heather 
is now implying that we can control Jen. If Jen has dirt, Jen, when she goes into her rage and her fits, she's not trying to protect anyone. She's trying to hurt anyone within reach and she's just going to say it. I don't think she has that much self-control is what I'm trying to say. Interesting. Yeah, no, you're right. I feel like if there was worse stuff on Meredith, although, okay, I think that Jen has been cheating on Coach Shaw. Absolutely. Oh, I think so too. Right? Absolutely. (laughs) So maybe she doesn't want that to be said. And because she doesn't want that to be said, she's not going to share other people's stuff because someone will throw that out. And she can't afford to lose her husband as well as her freedom. Absolutely. I absolutely believe the rumor that they slept with the same person. I have no facts, no data, but I believe it. <laughs> right? Did you guys ever hear? Oh my God. It was, I think it was on Bitch Sesh. The, it was. The oh, yes. Uber driver. <laughs> absolutely. And that was insane. It's like Jen Shaw, for those of you who, who don't listen to Bitch Sesh, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but Jen Shaw was. In an, that Uber ride that uh, Heather called and that she mentioned on the show, and the Uber driver called into Bitch Sesh and was like, yo, this is what happened. And basically, I think the Uber driver brought Jen to a separate residence where she stayed for a number of hours and asked mm-hmm. Lisa or someone else to lie about where she was, Right. Yeah, she asked the Uber driver the to Uber call driver to Coach call. Shaw <laughs> <laughs> and lie about it. <laughs> and he's like, this is where I draw the line. <laughs> oh, my god! The Uber driver's story just tickled me so much. I was like, this is the world we live in. This man drives for Uber and he can score an interview on Bitch Sesh just for driving Jen Shaw from place to place. <laughs> and and she like didn't have an Uber account, so she was just paying him cash to take her places. Yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. It's so amazing, really. And I think this is where Housewives have also evolved. We not only get during their season, we get the drama off season. It's good and it's bad because now, like with Beverly Hills, we always know what to expect. All with Atlanta, we knew about the whole Bolo Gate before it happens. But the thing is. All year round, the drama keeps going, online or offline. Right. And that's why it's difficult for me to believe that people have these, like, secrets that can't come out. Everything comes out. Everything comes out. And sometimes it takes 10 years. But once again, for people who supposedly study the franchise, why are you coming on the show with secrets you're trying to keep? I know. It's a requirement. It's a requirement to be a housewife. You have secrets and you have to be half delusional. So. Yep. <laughs> delusional about whether or not people will find out your shit. Um, yeah. So the argument that these women seem to be having for the first half of the episode is about like who shows up for each other. And I read this almost in code. It's like showing up on camera is how I read it. Like you're going to have my back during an argument that we're having on film. It's weird. I feel like everything is an alliance for the show rather than them actually talking about their real friendships. Whereas on other franchises, I do feel like sometimes they are talking about their actual friendship. I think that's a good point. I think that it's crazy to me that we have someone indicted by the FBI and yet we are arguing about someone's memorial service. Mm-hmm. So it's, 
I personally was disgusted by it all. I think they absolutely crossed the line with that. It doesn't matter if there was a memorial service, if she took some time out. Grief is grief. It's her thing. And I think I want to veer towards agreeing with you that they're probably talking about that, but that in itself is just distasteful. Like, what are we doing? Very. (laughs) And I don't understand why Whitney and Heather were pushing this and then acting as if other people were pushing it. Like, they were the ones that kept going back and None of it was confusing to me as a viewer. I was like, clearly the memorial was on Monday in Aspen. Mm -hmm. She's not going to travel from Aspen, Colorado, back to Utah, only to go to Vail, Colorado, which is right near Aspen, within Mm -hmm. a 24-hour period. Like, it made sense to me that on the Tuesday that they were driving up when Jen Shaw was arrested, she was already in Colorado. It didn't Mm -hmm. need to be the day of the memorial. Yeah. Like, what? what is confusing about that? Plus Back in the day, when the housewives would fight about who actually came to each other's events, that sort of made sense. Because yeah. if you're at my event, it's being filmed, It makes it's more likely to get on the show, I'm trying to promote my biz- business. Mm-hmm. Getting all hyphy about a bus ride, <laughs> <laughs> a producer-sponsored bus ride, it's no one's bus ride. Like, it's clearly a show bus ride. She'll be there for the actual vacation. I I cannot comprehend what they are so upset about. And I think I like your theory, Mandy, because I, I mean, if it makes no sense, then the best guess is probably that they're once again arguing about the show within the show, which, as we learned from all, not all diamonds and rosé, that's all they're ever arguing about is the show. All they're arguing about it and then being like, oh, it's suspicious that the two people that dislike Jen Shaw the most weren't there to witness her like... <laughs> Like, okay, they must have something to do with it. They know this. Heather even said her father worked for the FBI for 20 years. But it's so obvious that that this, I don't know, Whitney did say in an Instagram comment this week, uh, Cece uh, from Instagram, I think it's like Cece Loves Bravo. She's been on my podcast before. She's amazing. She was saying like how horrible it is to go after Meredith about this memorial. And Cece had lost her father two years ago. Mm-hmm. And Whitney writes back being like, and she was also saying like, why aren't you questioning Jen? Jen's the yeah. one that should be a topic of conversation, not Meredith. And yeah. Whitney was saying that, well, we couldn't talk about it because Jen couldn't talk about the invest- the ongoing investigation. And so it's almost like, what were we supposed to do to make a TV show? <laughs> sort of like how I took her comment. I truly took it that way. And yeah. she has said before that she wishes season one she listened to producers more. So it's almost like now are you just having them feed you stuff and and you're just moving forward or them asking a question. Cause I, I could understand why a producer of the show would ask, well, you know, why don't you think Meredith was around for this? You know, mm-hmm. just to like get shit moving. That's what they do. And, yeah. and then shit got moving and then they <laughs> rolled with it and they just, but it was wouldn't. such boring shit. <laughs> it was so stupid. And it's so, <laughs> I, I hope they realize like it's, it's a shitty thing to do. Right. I- we it hope is, they I, do, but they usually don't. But I understand why Whitney would do that. She just took out her life savings, right? Yes. <laughs> so she needs to keep her spot. I don't understand Heather's because I don't know why she's going so hard for Jen Shaw and yet has the audacity to say the whole thing with Mary and Meredith is weird. 
Uh, right? Heather. I used to right? like Heather a lot, but I'm not a fan right now. She's I, supposed to be like yeah. our Greek chorus. She's supposed to be our voice of reason. And she did great at it the first season. And this season is just not really doing great at that. Mm-mm. I think she does sometimes. And I do like her as a person. And I am very mm-hmm. interested in her life story. But there's like, I don't know. The thing with Jen is is very bizarre. Now, <laughs> this is this whole thing is just is so crazy. So question. <laughs> Do you think we will ever see the day where a housewife can use an analogy and it actually <laughs> no <laughs> work to make the point that they're trying to make? <laughs> I hate to say this, but like eighty percent of the housewives are pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They- like, I can't <laughs> tell. I mean, some of them I think are dumb, and others I think are are pretty brilliant. Yeah, that's the 20%. But for the most part, they're not smart people. And that's part of why they end up on Housewives. Overreacting to things and taking things out of proportion and not understanding legal cases. Because if they could do all those things, they wouldn't be a housewife because they'd be boring television. I know. But back to your question. No, they won't be able to do analogies. (laughs) Well, Meredith, (laughs) you know, is a legal mind. Like she was a trained lawyer. She, you know, practiced law for a bit. And, you know, when she uses this analogy and Whitney gets pissed and is like, this is a low blow. It's like, that's the point. Point. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted her to be like, I heard your dad was doing coke in the bathroom at parties. But, you know, (laughs) I think as viewers, we're super disappointed because we heard about Jen's arrest and we got that excellent episode where we, you know, watched it all play out. And then it has barely been mentioned since. And so our expectations for the season are so out of whack with what has happened that we're like, what is this? This is not what I was expecting. But I mean, I have a theory as to why we are not really seeing Jen be pushed the way Erica was. Tell me your theory. Um, Erica decided to divorce her husband, say it had nothing to do with his legal problems, left a group trip because a story was coming out in this newspaper the next day. There was just a lot about what Erica was doing on the show that directly related to her husband stealing people's money and buying her stuff with it. Mm-hmm. Jen, the only question you can ask is, well, did you do it? And I wish someone would ask more about, well, why did you lie the day you got arrested? Mm-hmm. But there's not much more to ask there. There's not much more to explore. And that's why it's not making an appearance on the show. Well, I think the equivalent of that is why, including myself, why are we not questioning Coach Shaw as much as we question Erica? I think because we don't see him. <laughs> and we don't like, see him like wearing Balazgencia or whatever tennis shoes. <laughs> I, don't, I probably mispronounced it because I really don't know. My Thank you. <laughs> Thank <welcome>. you. <laughs> But, what, you know, we're not seeing him show some sort of extreme wealth that he's like, you know, my rich wife got me these. That's always, I mean, Erica's husband bought her a music career and we've watched it for years. There's right. just like no equivalency with Coach Shaw. Plus, we like Coach Shaw. Yeah. He's a likable dude. Yeah, he's, he's very charismatic. And, and I'll go as far to say I think Jen Shaw is incredibly charismatic as well, which is why I think she is guilty 
I think you have to be that kind of a person to be Mm -hmm. able to convince other people to do things that they shouldn't be doing. And she's so convincing. Look at how all the other women, aside from Meredith, just completely dropped every question they had for her. And I think there's more than just, did you do it? I think it's like, you know, were you sending these text messages? If not, who was actually sending the text messages that were threatening Meredith's children? Okay, it wasn't just Meredith's children. Heather was receiving the text messages as well. Like, that's pretty weird. Was everyone receiving them but you, Jen? Like, why, you know, where did you go the night that the Uber, like, trip ended? You know, what what were you doing? There's a lot of questions about, you know, where do you make your money? How do you know? (laughs) All of that stuff. And I think... They, I think they're afraid of her. And I think part of them all knows that she's guilty. And it's only a matter of time before she's, you know, in yeah. prison. And so they're just biding their time knowing she's good TV. And I don't know. That's yeah. my theory. I think some of them know she's going to prison. And I think others are in denial. Who do you think's in denial? That's a good one. I couldn't say who. But I do think there's an uh, an element, the way that they aren't asking about it. I mean, if they were really concerned about her going to jail, I feel like they would be freaking out more. And the fact that they're so calm, they don't ask questions, they don't push back. I think there's some of them maintaining the delusion that there's no way our friend Jen is going to prison. Well, I think they're just feeding off of her energy. Jen herself is not acting like someone. If I was indicted, I'll be on my bed rocking back and forth like, oh, my God, (laughs) what am I going to do? Jen is still giving diamond necklaces. She's throwing a Mexican party. She's living a life like she's not going to do it. So they're drinking the Kool-Aid as well. But I think they all know she's going to jail. I mean, Heather on Watch What Happens Live was like, I mean, I knew something was off about her business. I think they've all, they knew before we did. Yeah. (laughs) But they're just playing along. So, you know, just in case she gets off, I'm not on her bad side. I think Manda's right. They're scared of her. But Heather said, regardless of what she does, I'm going to stay on her side, but doesn't have that same energy for Mary. She's like, we need to question Mary. Why? I mean, Mary's cool in her I own. I think the reason that they feel this way about Mary is that they've all been on the receiving end. <clears throat> and this is why I don't get why it's different for Jen Shaw, But they've all been on the receiving end of like very um, nasty and terrible messages from Mary, like direct text messages. This is something that they've said in interviews and stuff before, especially on the after show. And a lot yeah. of them think, and maybe it's them projecting some of their own issues with the church that they grew up in. Yeah. Uh, that That's my personal view like they feel like they have to have a name for what's going on with mary rather than calling it a cult rather than just maybe she's a person who is a victim of abuse who's become an abuser herself and is using this institution to like i don't know help her gain more wealth and things it doesn't have to be a cult yeah I, i find it highly hypocritical Mm-hmm. That Whitney, with her husband and his MLMs, has the audacity <laughs> to accuse someone else of scamming people out of their money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like something Housewives has revealed is that you can steal people's money in a variety of different ways. And like some ways will get you sent to jail, and other ways we will never hear about. That is very true. 
Also, Taria was explaining on this podcast the difference between like stealing money that is for the church versus love offerings that are often given in black churches, which is a very different sort of thing. It's something I'm not familiar with, so I don't I don't know anything about it. I'm like, wait, what does that mean for taxes? Don't you have to like claim your love offerings on your taxes? Like, isn't that income? But yeah, I I think there is, I mean, Mary, (laughs) what what did you guys think watching the uh, few minutes of the church service that Jen Shaw attended? I mean, I thought, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean, Mary's church is weird. I've been to a lot of churches. I've been to Pentecostal church. And I've been to a few churches that I thought was weird. And I think Mary is one of them. But I also, I'm, I'm not even sure that I would call what Mary does like in the stealing category. People make a decision about giving to a church. People make a decision about supporting a certain religious leader. Mm-hmm. And whether that's the best thing for them is kind of up to them. And I think it's kind of um, condescending when they're like, well, Mary's the leader of a cult. I mean, all the... no. No one's come forward and said, like, Mary held a gun to anybody's head and told them to give her money. It's it's charisma and church leadership, and it happens all the time. And I just don't, I don't see it. I don't even think I even see it as stealing. Well, for me, I was looking at it the other side. I've always said I wanted Mary off, not because she's not entertaining, because I do find her entertaining sometimes, but it's very painful for me to watch Mary. When I watch Mary, I see trauma and I see pain. Yeah. And Mary is enamored with like materialistic things because she seems to just be looking for love. So when Jen went there, I mean, if if she's not used to Pentecostal ch- churches, I can understand that. It wasn't so strange to me because it's kind of like what happens where the pastor is kind of like God to a lot of the congregation. For me, what I saw with the con- the person who was reading all those nice things about Mary, Mary loves the church because she's just finding love. She doesn't have love with her husband. She, she kind of put everything into her son and then her son is now getting to be an adult and is kind of pulling away from her but her congregation gives her that validation that she's looking for the thing she looks for in the designer labels just reading out saying you're a friend you're the best you're this you're that that's really what she's stealing from them not really like the money I don't think she I mean she likes the money who doesn't like money but I think most of what she's getting from that is that love that's filling whatever hole that she had from whatever relationship that she had Uh, that she lost with her mom and her family when the whole thing, you know, went down. So to me, it was just very painful to watch because it just kind of supported my thoughts about her whole trauma and everything that she's going through. Yeah. It's like she's looking for validation. Yeah. I agree with Tane. And I also think that I don't like watching her on the show because she doesn't in any way, shape or form or appear to be having a good time. Mm -hmm. She's not friends with these women. Yeah. She does not enjoy their company in any way, shape or form. She doesn't enjoy, I think, filming at all. So there's just no, there's no fun for, in it for her. Um, and then she gets into these like tiffs with people. It, it's just, she's, yeah, it's, I think it's the best thing for Mary that she's not on the show anymore. I am disappointed because diversity in housewives is sometimes a good thing. Usually it's not. <laughs> It's, it's always a minefield. It's a minefield. They haven't quite um, figured it out yet. <laughs> they're fine-tuning it. But, you know, it was nice to be like, you know, there are Black people in Salt Lake, and here's one of them for our show. Totally like a tangent, but do you guys feel like the diversity in Miami is working? 
kind of, but the same things are playing out. Like a lot of the things that the other women say about Gertie, I'm like, because you just end up parsing things. You're like, are they being kind? Are they being racist? Are they doing a microaggression? Is Gertie comfortable? Like all these things run through your head when you're watching like the one black person on the cast. And that's kind of what like takes some of the enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Gertie doesn't seem to be welcomed in but honestly i gotta say that might be a new thing because i don't think nicole is welcomed in she either is, yes they yeah. dislike her so, way more than they dislike <laughs> they Gertie. Like Gertie, yes <laughs> and kiki so, seems to be welcomed but see kiki just seems like a like a extra i know she's a friend of i know she's a friend of but yeah it's like, but she's not in kiki, it she's not arguing with anybody she's not yeah she, she had she's that one argument, that one argument with Marisol, and then it led nowhere. And it's kind of like, where do you fit in? That I think that's what it is. Gertie and Kiki feel like, uh, what's it called? Hopscotch? Like, where, where, where are you? Are you in? Are you here? Like, there's no quote unquote alliances. I can't say who's Gertie closest to. Even with Gertie and Alexia, it still seems like there's tension. When I see them together, I'm like, do you really think she's a good designer? Was it the show that made you think so you can have scenes together? I don't, I don't get that it's genuine. Let me put it that way. Right. But maybe it was because Gertie was cast and the rest of the women knew each other from beforehand. So like you're cast to be in a show with me. It's not going to be as natural as the person that I knew from 20 years, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it takes time, I think, to build the sort of natural feeling. And I feel like on Salt Lake, we're witnessing it. It's like people that sort of knew each other, but it was not a group of friends. Well, Mandy, you know, Larsa left after one season. Yeah. So she's not even like an OG, even though she likes to portray her. Larsa is so delusional. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, when you go that route, it's like you left after one season. So you're not even really part of the group. So no, mm-hmm. when I think of the group, I think of like Marisol. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Alexia. Who's the blonde one? Alexia. Uh, the one from Brazil. Adriana. Adriana. Sorry, all their names are like escaping me. Like <laughs> those three... Yeah. And and Lisa. Yes. And Lisa. Yes. Yeah. They seem to be like the OG and everyone's sort of like around them. Them. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the tension is that some of the OGs are friends of, I don't know if that made the decision, the the decision probably wasn't made until after filming ended of like Mm. who was going to be full time and who wasn't, but they were all fighting for that full-time spot. And I think that's the underlying tension we're seeing, truly. Ah, that would explain Mar- Marisol is a friend of, and she's doing the most right now. So that right. makes sense. I mean, they've been waiting four years to film, so. <laughs> <laughs> they've been waiting way longer, right? Because wasn't it, didn't it end in 2014? Yeah. So yeah, that, that was like longer. seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Or between when it last aired. Um, and yeah. when the and when filming started for Miami, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. So back to Salt Lake. Um, any sort of final thoughts on Salt Lake? They're really going to have to step it up next year. Oh. <laughs> I'm actually kind of bored by Salt Lake. There's just no. I have no like skin in this game, so I just I need something better than what we've got. I'm not bored. I'm annoyed. So I'm ready for the reunion. The reunions are the, my favorite part of the Housewives. 
And, you know, everyone just seems to be annoying me. The whole memorial thing, the whole Heather thing, just everything going on is just like, okay, guys, we have nothing and we're scrambling right now. Let's just wrap it up. But then it makes me scared for next season, which I hear they're already filming. And I heard they were poking around Mary's church, which Mary's not on the show. So I don't know how that's going to work. But I don't know how that's going to work with Jenny gone and Mary not on there. So how many housewives are we getting? Just three, four? And where do we go from there? And what are they going to focus on? And I feel like I fear it's going to be like a Beverly Hills kind of thing. We pick one thing and then we're stuck with it for the entire season. Yeah, I feel like I'm just waiting for the reunion because... I want them to come out and say why they chose certain things to focus on, why they wouldn't let go of other things, yeah. you know, what some of the rumors are that they're like, oh, Lisa's protecting Meredith. Like, just come out and say everything, yeah. you know? Lisa, why did you have this meltdown where you called her a whore and you share, you said all these whore, like, what do you really think of her? How many people do you think she's really slept with? Like, who, like, <laughs> why do you have all of this? I mean, that came from somewhere down deep. So I just want them to come out and say it the way that I feel like they just say it on Jersey. I'm in the minority of people who think that was rehearsed. Really? I, I agree. I agree. I don't think that was deep from my heart. It's part of the Lisa produced thing. And then, oh, here's your mic. Okay, girl. You didn't know. <laughs> I don't know about rehearsed, but definitely inorganic. Well, put on. Let me put it that way. It was put on. Like, she just, yeah. I don't think it was like. <laughs> oh, I felt it was like she was angry and they caught a snippet of her anger. And I think the mic thing was like later and it made it seem like it was all happening in the same like same scene same, okay. same scene and it wasn't i think she wanted to create a moment yeah she i mean <laughs> <laughs> i do like some of her moments though man is she she's like i like taco bell and fine dining <laughs> like what <laughs> like her all of her statements are like lisa barlow is a good human being <laughs> I live for that. Like, I I wish I had the level of confidence that she has, truly. <laughs> I, I do. I'm jealous. Um, okay, want to head over to Jersey because there's just so much shit going on, and it's only episode two of this season. So we're still at the pool party where Marge has exposed that Bill had an affair, and it's been exposed on camera. Uh, which is what I think the rest of the episode ends up being about. It's not that she said it, it's that she said it on camera, and now Jen's children will find out. The other thing that I'd actually rather start with is the Gia versus Joe Gorga of it all, where Hmm. Gia, I mean, here's my take on Gia. I feel like she acts like a kid when it suits her, and like an adult when it suits her. And she's constantly oscillating between both and taking the best of both. Like, oh, I'm just a kid. It's your job to come to me to work this out. Oh, talk to me like an adult. I'm an adult. You know, like, yeah, I find her ridiculous and annoying. Mandy. I find her ridiculous and annoying. <laughs> but it, that is, this is why the problem with seeing stuff on camera that is exactly what a 21-year-old is. You're kind of That's an adult. True. You're kind of a kid. Depending on who you're talking to and what situation you're in, you go back and forth. 
And that's totally normal. But when you're on reality TV, arguing with your uncle, it just doesn't look good. There are so many aspects of this. Mandy, I listened to your episode where you were saying, eh, you're not really like a G- Gia I'm not a fan. Gia fan, no. I'm not a Gia fan either. But... And I was <laughs> applauding you while I was listening. I have many hot takes. Don't worry. I was like, yeah. Like, G- she's just overrated. I don't know if we're just... They're hyping her up compared to her mom. Um, Teresa is at the very bottom of my list of my least favorite housewives. The very last is Vicky Gumbelson. And maybe that's why everyone thinks Gia is so great. But based on this and then what she said and watch what happens live, like, why would you get a prenup? We know you're a child now. Like, it, it wasn't... The other part of it is, like I mentioned, we're Nigerian culture. You don't speak to your elders like that. Like, Mm-mm-mm. it's not okay. It's not and, okay. <laughs> So the, the Nigerian in me was cringing. Like, imagining if I ever talked to my uncle like that, I it would never, ever, ever fly. And I, I think Joe Gorga was trying to like say that as well. Like, if my yeah. children ever talked to their aunt like this, yeah, like that would not be okay. I, I was um, most offended by when Joe was saying, "Oh, you know, I stuck up for my sister and my parents," and Gia says. Don't bring up my Nana. Oh, my God. (laughs) Gia, they're his parents before they were your grandparents. (laughs) I don't know why you think that you have some sort of like, just because you had a special relationship with your grandfather doesn't mean that you get to decide who can mention his name. Yes. If she was mature enough, she would understand that he has his own pain. He had to watch his parents see their daughter go to jail. He had to watch his sister go to jail. He had to watch his sister come out and their mom die almost immediately. And then, you know, everything that went on. So he can have his own beef with her dad. He is going to be your dad. Maybe the whole point is she's saying, don't be public about it. But you can't really police someone's feelings about something like that, I think. So she's not really taking his his feelings into consideration. She's just thinking about her dad. And I think it's also not fair how they always stick up for their dad and not their mom. Because I remember when their dad was right? in prison and they okay. kept yelling at her. And yes. I'm like, uh, he did this. He did this. And, and she's responsible as well because her name, I mean, they took out these like fraudulent loans in their name they were married and they didn't file federal tax returns or they filed fake ones like they did a lot of shit and it was Mm -hmm. mainly i think joe was the mastermind behind it but Teresa did not do her due diligence in asking questions and she lied to the bankruptcy trustees like they lied and they had so many opportunities to come clean and they thought that they could outsmart i mean joe thought he could outsmart the u.s government by not being a citizen and living here despite having (laughs) ample time to become a citizen and Mm -hmm. you know i'm not even getting into that crap but um yeah gia just At one point, she says something that makes sense, which is like, you don't think he like her father feels bad, like he lives with it every day. He's not even in this country, you know, fine. So if you think that his punishment is enough and you don't want your uncle to keep bringing it up, then say that that that's a valid point. Like, hey, it's but but to be like, you can't talk about my grandparents. Like, (laughs) fuck, like. 
Oh, right? I, so I stopped watching Jersey after Teresa went to jail <laughs> and then kind of just picked it up like these past couple episodes and a little bit of last season. And what I don't really enjoy is like Teresa went to jail six, seven years ago <laughs> and they still argue the same. It's the same thing. Like if it weren't for Housewives, I'm like, well, Joe Corga and Melissa even talk to Teresa. Like the only reason that Joey and Gia are having this argument is because of this TV show. And the family dynamics annoy me. These people annoy me. They have learned no conflict resolution skills. They have learned no empathy for each other. They just argue about the same stuff on Jersey year after year. And it's fascinating. I find it fascinating because they claim that they have these sort of like old school values. And I am like, well, where have these gotten you? Like, where did standing by your man get you, Teresa? Like, where, you know, those kinds of things. Like, are you happy? Do you feel fulfilled in life because of the decisions that you made? It's like, and we'll get into Jennifer and, and how she handled the infidelity of her husband, which was the most shocking thing I think I have ever heard on Housewives, <laughs> truly. Like, but let's get into it. This is literally her explanation. She said she was pregnant with her fourth kid. They just moved to Jersey. Bill was feeling himself. He was making some money. She found credit card receipts and text messages, confronted him, and he admitted it. He didn't want a divorce, said the whole thing was over. She threw things at him. Then she gave birth. (laughs) And then they decided they wanted to make it work. And she said, and we never fucking spoke about it again. Uh, I don't believe they never spoke about it again. (laughs) I will give them this. I have, you know, in the intervening years, you know, I listened to podcasts or whatever. And it was my understanding that Jennifer really wanted to be a housewife, built a whole house in order to make it happen. This is what I mean by housewives are not that bright. You just about killed yourself to get on the show. And you thought that this would never come out. But Based on the way she and her husband were talking, I'm like, you guys have planned for this possibility since the moment you started the show. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Because I was wondering, I was like, did they? Or is she telling the truth in that they never, she never felt that she could bring it up again? I'll say this. I actually believe that they never spoke about it again. But the matter of fact that a lot of immigrants have the same um traditions and culture. And I know it's not strange. Like if this happened, which it happens often in Nigerian culture, they just don't speak about it anymore. And I think it's very possible that it's quite similar, like in the Turkish tradition. Like you hear, you heard her mom, her mom practically hates her dad, but they're not going to get a divorce because what will people say? (laughs) They won't even live together. Yeah. So Jen has decided that she's staying with him. I absolutely believe they never spoke of it again. But in the on the flip side of do you think it never came up? I do think that these people always think they're going to be the one that's different. It's like dating a terrible person and thinking mine's going to be different. A leopard doesn't change its spots like it's going to come out. But I think they truly believe that they're going to get away with it. Why? I don't know. I don't know I, which I, one of you I like side with more. <laughs> be- they're both like I, such compelling arguments. Like, I don't I'm, know. I kind of agree with Tane in that. I don't think they had like, they clearly didn't go to therapy or have long drawn out conversations. But when you say never spoke of it again, the reaction at that party that they had when they left, I just did not buy that they had not at least had one conversation. Like, what if this comes out on the show? 
Um, yeah, they probably, I, don't know. I mean, they probably did, but Jen's status and the money meant more to her. Marge is not wrong. He's <laughs> keeping her. It's the fact. I just wish they would own this stuff. Yes. I wonder who doesn't want to be a housewife with a pool and a house and the money. She just chose that over one silly affair, please. But, you know. And there's always a price to be paid. Yeah. <laughs> I think Jennifer just not, decided to pay it. I'm not judging her for staying with him. I think, you know, they seem to have a decent relationship. Like, yeah. they may have worked past this and more power to them, truly. But yeah. I'm always wondering when they keep talking about, like, when the, it's like more of like Dolores, Teresa, and Jennifer that always bring up like old school values or Turkish values or Italian values. And and I don't think they're actually Italian values. It's like they came (laughs) up with some sort of way, like code of conduct that I don't think, I don't even know where it comes from, but they're like in an Italian American family, you just don't say this. Like Dolores says that kind of shit all the time. What has this gotten you? What has not talking about your feelings and not talking about the pain in your marriage gotten you? I think it's funny. Shane and I always talk about being Nigerian, but we always caveat. (laughs) We're always like, ah, Nigeria, but you know, there's always, because it's true. They act like there's some Bible of Italian values. And and I would love to talk to a wide swath of Italian Americans. It would be like, what are they talking about? Right. I don't like Dolores. And I think she picks and chooses when this is an Italian thing. Like, I feel yes. like she says <laughs> she says this all the time. One week you do this, the next week you don't. I just wish Dolores wasn't a confessional thug. She says all the things in the confessional, but nothing to like Teresa's face or to their faces. And I'm like, where do you stand? Like, remember when Ziggy, I don't know if you guys watched when Ziggy was still on. but I had to stop. Yeah, she was sick as lackey and just agreeing with everything. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's just your personality, not an Italian code of conduct. So, right? It's it's just, we, I don't know. It's Italian-Americans, please reach out. I just feel like they like to, um, some of the people on the show like to use that as an excuse for like a certain type of behavior. But I don't think, like, there's a lot of, you know, just like stand by your man and don't, don't air stuff in public but yet you're on this show where all you do is air your public shit yeah it it it, they just seem they all seem very hypocritical except for margaret which i know she was not coming across great the last two episodes where she talked about the affair but she owns her shit she gets out ahead of it um she's quite callous i think about other people's pain but i think (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think um, she's so pissed at Jennifer for what Jennifer was doing to Jackie and to her that she was like, enough of this shit. I'm going to I'm going to hit you where it hurts. And then kind of being like, now you have the audacity to cry about it. Like, did you not think about when Jackie was crying? Like, do you think this didn't hurt my mom when you talked about her being a whore on national TV? My like 78 year old mother, like, you know. I can always admire a person who tells someone to stop crying. Um, <laughs> maps when people cry, I'm so mean about it because, and I was like, you know, I really like, I, obviously I haven't watched the show. I don't really know these people like that, but um, I, I really enjoyed March these past two episodes. And even though she was revealing someone's affair, I'm like, I think, I think you're pretty cool. Yeah. This, this works for me. Oh, you should go I, back. I really like Margaret. I think 
if you go back a few seasons, she's a little lighter. It's like before she got jaded by the housewives. And she's so much funnier. She's a very much like comedic relief. I like March a lot. I think she's one of the great additions, like the Dorinda's yes. um, to a franchise. And I think she got jaded when um, her hair got pulled and Teresa started turning on her and everything. Just She just decided to fight back. I'm on the Marge, Jen, Melissa side because I know their teams. Also, March it's very Jackie, strange. Melissa. Je- sorry, yeah. Marge. Thank you so much. Yeah. Don't forget oh, God, my Jew girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because like for Jen, I really, really, really don't like Jen. So I don't feel sorry for her, but I admire, like, she's a great addition as a housewife. It's exactly what we need to keep things moving. Everyone can be light and be nice, but it's what she gets. Like she really, she's vicious. She's so vicious with the things that she says. And she kept poking and poking and poking. So if you know that your husband has had an affair you should have some kind of awareness. Like, you know, people make mistakes. People do things wrong. And then don't keep laying it on thick. My husband is the best. My husband would never. You're jealous of my husband, knowing fully well that you have this in your back pocket. Like, what are you trying to do? So when things like that come out, there's going to be some kind of glee, like, aha, you're not perfect. I think these women are so, like, they have, like, internalized misogyny. That's what I mm-hmm. see when I see Jennifer. Absolutely. And so she thinks like she can't be mad at Bill. I mean, she was mad at Bill for having the affair, but she understands men do things like this. But it's mm. the vixen, the woman that is really responsible for the pain. Like she blames, I bet you, that other woman more than she blames Bill. And that's why she is so angry at Margaret because Margaret represents the other woman to her. I agree. And I think the reason that they don't like Jackie is that Jackie seems to have a very equal footing in her marriage, and they can't understand why she could be loved and respected despite the fact that she doesn't give blowjobs. Like, (laughs) do not understand it. And it's, for me, it's like, maybe there is some trauma there. Like, there's things that she said before that made me wonder whether or not certain sexual acts are painful and difficult for her, for things that happened to her in her past. And Mm -hmm. that's what I've always thought. Like, I think she likes to joke, oh, I don't, you know, I don't like to do that. It's gross. I think that's covering up something that's a little bit more painful for her. Um, yeah, personally, that's what I think. And I think they see this marriage and they they don't understand. I mean, Dolores even said a few seasons ago, oh, Jackie's cut from a different cloth, which yes. I took as an anti-Semitic remark. I don't think that's how Dolores meant it. But yeah. when it's like, oh, one of these is not like the other. And yeah. you're all from a similar type background. And one is a liberal Jew. Yeah. From New Jersey. Like, what are you supposed to think? You know? Yeah, I remember hearing those, but it's not my place, you know, in that regard, what she meant or what it didn't mean. But I that was where I started not liking Dolores because she wears that whole Italian thing like a personality. Like, Dolores, who are you without this? Italians don't do this. What do you do? Let's talk about the dysfunctional relationship with Frank Sr. I don't think it's cute. (laughs) It is not that cute. is a hot take. That is a hot take. <laughs> she seemed not- a little bitter that he was with his girlfriend. And I was like, aren't yes. you divorced? 
oh, it's been terrible. Everyone's like, oh, they come together. Why aren't you here? Why like, why are you codependent on your ex-husband, but you want to form like you're independent? Like everyone talks about, he's so cute. Did she get back together? No. Decide what you're doing, make a decision and move on from it. So face your skeletons, Dolores. I like their friendship for sure, but I think she needs to let him move on. And she also needs to realize that there are shortcomings that he has. And yeah. if he's not going to put the hardware knobs on the <laughs> drawers, <laughs> fucking hire someone else to do it. Exactly. Do it yourself. Yeah. But that's what I mean. It's like she doesn't know how to have a healthy friendship. Like their friendship leads to the codependency. But mm. you need to like rearrange what the boundaries are with like my ex being my friend. You know? Yeah. He can't be in every part of your life. Because even with David, I mean, he moved in with David and he was taking care of her. So in some way, in some capacity, it's like she always wants Frank involved in her life. I don't want you, but I don't want anyone else to have you. And I think she's still punishing him for denying her the life that she thought she would have. I was going to be married. I was going to be with the same person forever. This happened. I'm going to be friends with you. But in some way, she's still punishing him. But you will be at my beck and call forever till we die. i think i wonder whether or not they spend as much time together when they're not filming because i think he stepped in when she didn't have a guy knowing that this franchise is all about families and all about the husbands as well and because he's actually friends with the other guys i think he stepped into that role especially when she was with david and david was just not comfortable playing that role and so he's like hey this is something i can do for you we can sort of film as a couple without actually being a couple and it will retain your spot on this show that's a possibility i wonder i don't know anyways (laughs) any other like there's a lot of thoughts i feel like we're all more on the margaret sort of side of things than jennifer but i did feel really bad that she's going to have to have a conversation with her children. I was really annoyed that when she was having the party for her kids and Teresa and Dolores were there, that Bill was upstairs because he was so upset. Like, you're so upset? Why can't you run the goddamn party for the kids? Like, (laughs) again, and it's like, and she allows him that space because I think she internalize the misogyny and views women as somehow having to carry the burden of everything. Yeah. I mean, I do want to, you said something earlier, which I agree with. I do think they've worked through it. I think they're in a good place. I don't, I think that they adore each other. I think Bill adores Jen for all of her quirks and what we see as flaws. He accepts her, but I just can't bring myself to feel sorry for either of them. That's fair. I don't feel sorry in general for housewives who want to cry about, oh, my children. Um, They come on these shows because they want to be housewives and be on television and be celebrities. And if they had ever watched a single show before, you know it's going to affect your children. Whether it's your crazy behavior, like, we can go all the way back to, like, the Brianna from, like, original OC. Like, we get to see them be embarrassed by their parents be embarrassed by what comes out about their parents, be embarrassed by the things that are revealed about them when they get arrested or whatever. I just don't have any sympathy for any of them when this stuff happens. Once again, you wanted to be a housewife. You studied being a housewife and you thought your children would come out unscathed. 
right? <laughs> I, I feel like, I don't know, I do judge them a bit for putting their kids through this. And, but at the same time, I don't I don't know, like, I, I do feel bad for the kids more than than the adults in the situation. I will say mm. that if we're looking across all franchises, I feel like the DeBro children have gotten through unscathed. Yeah, and they're boring, and they're on the show all the time, and I can't stand it. Oh, I feel like they're <laughs> never on the show. I feel like we don't. We, I like. I literally we had a full name party them. for that one's book. I think that was, just, but she didn't even speak at the party. She did. <laughs> we just saw her flirt with some girl. Like that was like all the extent of what we've seen from her. I feel like I don't even know all their names, and I feel like their parents have not embarrassed them in the way like. That's just what their parents yeah. are like. They yeah. know what their parents are like. This is what their parents are like at PTA meetings. I'm sure they've had to live with Heather DeBro being their mother their entire life. And that there's nothing that she could do on national television that would be more embarrassing than how she acted parent-teacher conferences. Right. And I I agree with you that the DeBro children have come out on skates. Um, but I also, that's why I think they're boring. Like, yeah. even, I don't like Gia, but Gia's been through it since we've seen yeah. her. Yeah. And even with like Kylie um, from Who's Atlanta, Kylie? like, did I say Kylie? That's Riley? Riley. Riley. Oh, oh, I was like, oh sorry. my God, Jenna. Oh my God. Please edit that <laughs> out. I'm so embarrassed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Riley. Yeah. Because Riley is one of what I like to call one of the most well taken care of children, you know, across Housewives franchises. Yeah. But we still got to see her go through it with her biological father. Like yeah. we have to see in order for me to sympathize with a housewife's child, they have to suffer. So oh my <laughs> I think that's my problem with Heather Dubrow's kids. I'm like, you guys don't suffer. You just come here for your your book party and your your gigantic house. Like, I, I don't want to see you. <laughs> OK, can we pivot to the OC briefly? Because I have a very serious question. Ooh. What is a stack of vaginas? like i truly spent a lot of time thinking about this i was like okay so is it like three women on top of each other and like you can see the vagina but then like what does he do does he like no it was just she she showed it to us they just blurred it out so i know but but what do you do with said stack like is the purpose to have an orgy I thought it was just for aesthetic, like you just look at it and appreciate it. I didn't know stuff happened with the stack. Oh, I thought it was live. Not like a picture uh, of a stack of vaginas. I thought it was like, because she was in the stack. Okay. I thought it was just pictures. But if I go with just my imagination, I imagine it would be like a height thing. So wherever it lands, <laughs> it goes oh in. <laughs> Honestly, okay, I, I don't understand. I missed something. What's the stack of where did so this come up? On um on was the, it the game this week. No, no, it was uh when Shannon, Emily, and Noella go to dinner at the Quiet Woman, and Emily says, you know, Dr. Jen told me that you got your your you know husband or that ex-husband or whatever he is, sweet James, a stack of vaginas for his birthday. What is that? And then she then that there was a picture and I was confused was like the picture the gift or was it like the live vagina <laughs> <laughs> the live act <laughs> and watching Shannon Bedore's face throughout this was so funny <laughs> I I'm telling you I'm enjoying Shannon this season I don't know what it is I feel like she has a place on the OC 
Yeah, Shannon is another great mid-season addition until everything started going downhill with David, but she was great. And it looks like she's looser now and having a little bit more fun. So it's good to see. She has a role to play. She definitely does. What do you think of Noella as a new addition? She's real annoying, but (laughs) Heather Dubrow is just way up on her high horse. And the fact that she bothers Heather really is kind of fun. Yep. And I can't quite figure, she's carried a lot of Telfar bags, but she's been wearing a lot of black designers, some of whom I can't identify, but she wore like an Ankara, which is like African print. She wore like an Ankara shirt. Um, And I'm like, oh, Noella, look at you. Yeah. She's like a, like Ada always says, she's like a Bronwyn replacement because she's a hot mess, but she keeps th- she keeps things moving. Because if we didn't have Noella this season, what oh. exactly would be the story? Everybody right. kissing Heather's ass. That would be the story. I know. I just, I find her much more watchable than Bronwyn, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm <laughs> more bought into her life. But I feel like she needs to tone it back. And I'm hoping that a second season for her, she could balance her crazy a bit. Because I think she is both playing up what she thinks she's supposed to be doing as a housewife. And mm-hmm. I also think she's just unbalanced right now because of what's going on in her personal life. And understandably yeah. so. But she's letting herself lash out and act in a way that is... But then part of me is like, is it just because of what's going on in her personal life? Or is this just how she is? I think it's how she is. I think it's how she is. Oh, no. <laughs> when, like Just watching her on the show, she's a little bit of an, an like a mystery. And then you read about her and you're like, um, she, she seems to thrive in chaos. Yeah. That, yeah. You know what? That's it. That's a perfect definition. Yeah. Um, Dr. Jen, we got to see a lot of her this week, her and Brian, her husband. Um, do you guys listen to the Bravo Docket podcast? I do sometimes. They had an episode that came out, I think this week, about Dr. Jen and the ex-boyfriend who was a billionaire that she had mm-hmm. and yeah. him suing her. And it is... Pretty shocking. I mean, she was found guilty during a judge trial of taking money from him without intent to pay it back. Um, So guilty of fraud, basically. And she paid the money back. But there seems to be this overlap between when she was sleeping with this billionaire who's 25 years older than her, which it seems like it was more of like a sugar daddy relationship when Mm -hmm. she had lost her dad and had been estranged from her family at some point. Mm -hmm. And then Ryan Ryan comes in and then she gets pregnant. And this billionaire claims that he was told he was the father of... I don't really believe that because Ugh. if he really thought he was the father, wouldn't he show up <laughs> like when they were yeah. being born and stuff? But um, yeah, she's definitely not as tame as I think she was trying to come across. So what, when you said um, taking money without intent to pay it back, I was like, so that sounds like a gift. So how did they figure out that it wasn't just a gift that he suddenly wanted back because he'd been broken up with? I'm assuming that there was like all these legal documents and his attorney made that case in a trial. Okay. That I thought she had agreed to pay it back. That yeah, that that there was always this and that they 
basically also made it seem as if she was lying about why she needed the money too. Yeah, I think the overlap kind of contributed to that. Like you thought it was like good faith. And then it's like the whole time you were cheating on me. So that means you had a plan all along just to get money from me and all that good stuff. But she thinks he's Jen- sleeping with other women too. And that's in court yeah. records. <laughs> <laughs> but Jenna's had a lot of stories offline because didn't, didn't she get a charge with like a doctor in her practice that some malpractice suit or whatever and he wasn't he didn't have a certificate or something there's been a lot of stories with jen mm-hmm. so i don't know what she's on the show she's very boring she is <laughs> right but there's so she's much a non-entity. yeah there is i just i mean the only thing she has going is that her husband hates her i don't know why he hates her that much but he really does hate her <laughs> i don't think it's- he hates her <laughs> I think he hates her. I, I think he hates her. I'm actually shocked that, that we're at the end the of the show. This, I, I'm shocked that it's been this long and he hasn't filed for divorce because I he did not seem to enjoy her company or be very kind to her or or want to shoot. I mean, it just it, he didn't want to shoot. To wear That's shirts. what I took from it. He like wanted nothing to do with the show, and I feel like that was the source of all the tension. Not all, but, but a good chunk of it. But, maybe, but a husband who doesn't want to shoot is an unsupportive husband. And like that's why these things never work. I mean, you I need know. like a Travis or whatever who I, doesn't want you know, like who just who's there for you whether they want to shoot or not. Well, it's think- like a form of being a bad spouse to not shoot, or to <laughs> totally or to disagree. even worse to show up and be like crappy and look yeah. shitty because you don't want to shoot. Right. I think the difference with Travis is that Gina had established this as a career for herself, and so he's not gonna screw up that career whereas dr jen like they were in this relationship together her and ryan and usually you make a decision as a couple about what to do with certain things and bringing cameras into your home with your children i could totally understand him as both a protective husband and father not wanting to be a part of that but Mandy, here's my thing. I understand not wanting to shoot, but if he really liked her, I don't like Jen, but that scene where she was in pain and yeah. she called him, you're not even on camera. He couldn't even offer a kind word. It doesn't even have to be your wife for you to say something nice like, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way or that pain. She had to coach him on what to say. So that what sealed it for me that she hates, he hates her. Like you can't give comfort at all to someone in pain. Yeah, I don't I mean that I do think that there are issues in the marriage, but I don't think it's all on him, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the resentment of I'm very surprised that she had kids. I I, I will put that out there because (laughs) she seems to love her career, which there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like a case of can you have it all? But it doesn't. She knows what to do, but it seems like she can't physically get herself to you know, want to stay with the kids because here's the thing about people. And I think Dr. Tiffany had that on Dallas. When you complain about not spending enough time with your kids, but then you get on a housewife show, that's going to be more demanding. And then you get free time and you go to Cabo. It's hard to reconcile those. (laughs) Right. Although when Dr. Moon was with her kids, it seemed like very natural. But when Dr. Jen is with her daughter, it's like, it's almost like she doesn't know how to handle her daughter. Yes. Yes. And, and, and this is them like, you know, grown, like not toddlers. Like I can't even imagine her with a baby or a toddler. Like she seems to be able to be halfway okay with them because now they can speak and they're kind of independent. 
I can't see her having the patience, you know, when they were much younger. So, yeah, I don't she, know. I don't know what the backstory is. She on that. said that her and Ryan, after the filming ended, separated for a month yeah. and then got back together and are now doing well. Mm. And so they're getting divorced. They're going to do it. They're going to do a vow renewal and then they're going to get a divorce. Oh, kiss of Two death. years, five kiss years. It's, it's going to be done soon. Yeah. I, I mean, Ryan, she, she gives Ryan a lifestyle. He doesn't have to work. I think he, <laughs> and he wants can work around to. shirtless. I wonder if he wants to truly. And that like, but someone has to be around with the kids when they get home from school. Yeah. You know, yeah. And so, the, she when she was on Watch What Happens Live, it was asked of her like, "What about maybe you staying home more and him working more?" And she says they've discussed it, <sighs> which is interesting. She was way more fun and like self deprecating and enjoyable on Watch What Happens Live than she's been this entire season. You know, it, it can't be easy filming. I, you know, we say this all the time. Your first season, you don't know what to expect. You're learning all the ropes and, you know, and the, especially if there's tension in your marriage, mm-hmm. she's probably just like, you know, uncomfortable and just figuring it all out. But, you know, when her kid said about the nanny, she's more motherly. Oh, my heart <laughs> broke. I know. Oh, and that, then when that, she was like, tough. oh, you should get your nails painted black, like your soul or something. Oh. I was like, oh, my God. It's tough. And she was saying it with a smile, which just made it more sinister to me. <laughs> I was like, where did you learn to be mean to your mom like that? Like, did you learn it from your dad? Yeah, like Robin's Children kids on Potomac. <laughs> on Potomac. That's how her kids talk to her. Yeah. And you know, they learned it from Juan. <laughs> right? No, no, seriously. Like, I would have never thought to say something mean to my mom. Yeah. Yeah. You so, know? It's tough. It's, I think oh. some kids really just come not come out mean, but no, like, I children agree. break their parents' house <laughs> hearts like on kids the regular. Just are mean. <laughs> like, or they say mean things because they're kids and they don't necessarily self-regulate. Yeah, or like yeah. they're like trying to be funny because they know there's cameras there. Like be extra, yeah. like how Portia on um uh Kyle's daughter Portia on Beverly mm. Hills when she was really like young and then when she was like 9 10 like always trying to like overdo it and overact and then now that she's like 12 13 is like oh god don't show me <laughs> too, cool, too cool for school <laughs> Mandy I did have something on Jersey not to go back oh but go back the Louis video of it all my oh, yes. hot take was I don't everyone said like it was like this thing and I'm like I didn't think it was that bad I think the rumors are worse about what he did, you know, the domestic violence accusations yes. and all that stuff. So everyone was talking about the video. I had to go look it up. I looked it up. Yeah, it's a weird thing of men just, but he was trying to do it to apologize to his ex-girlfriend, but I didn't think it was so heinous or so strange. Okay, maybe it's strange, but <laughs> I didn't think it was as much as they made it seem on the show. Cause I was like, what is on this video? I think the background on the video is that they all like beat each other up at these retreats so that they don't like they get their aggression out (laughs) in that way. And that kind of scares me. This idea that you like have aggression that you have to get out and it has to be like physical is is creepy to me. Um was there so, a licensed therapist on him for this exercise? No, but wait. <laughs> the, the, the 
reason why I'm like, so it I'm sounds happy. very life coachy. Like someone yeah. got an internet certificate and now they're yes, you know, allowed to counsel right? people like, on topics they know nothing about. But it's also like, so I'm Catholic and a sect of Catholicism is the Opus Dei. And they believe like when you do something, you have to self-flagellate and then hit yourself and cause yourself pain. So I'm thinking they kind of got something from that. So that's your penance. And if his, I don't know if he's Italian. I don't know. He might not be. I don't know. But if it's part. Isn't that an Italian name? His oh. full name, I can't remember because I know it's like a short form for, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't want to say something wrong. So if it is some kind part of it, and maybe I'm just giving them too much credit, but that was the first thing I thought of. And maybe that's why I didn't think it was like, eh, it's like a penance kind of thing. You're punishing oh. yourself. But for me, like for Teresa, I understand that Teresa is not the brightest in the shelf, but Someone being accused of domestic violence, like, don't always think you're the one that's different, I guess is what I'm worried about. Like, if he did that and, you know, there's been accusations, like, just a grain of that. Like, I know in the preview, she says, you want to bust my love bubble? Not trying to bust it, but, you know, kind of lead with your heart, your head, too, not just your heart. So that's what's more worrisome for me. But on the show, he looks like a great guy. He seems like a great guy and makes her happy when she was on the ultimate girl strip gave her a card for every single day that right. but see giving yeah. a card every single day to me is red flag yes <laughs> he's love yeah. bombing and that's a red flag <laughs> right and people i was i was talking about how people like love using the term like gaslighting and love bombing and i think it's only love bombing if they're like using it to like get, win your favor so that they can control you Right. Well, he might. He might. Be he cool. might be. It's just one year. It's just one year. <laughs> he might be. I think that the reason the video got that much traction is because it came out at the exact same time as all the stuff about domestic violence, and uh-huh. and so it was like all of it together. And the aggression in the video was mm. it, the the male toxic sort of masculinity. Yeah. Like that's what made me feel uncomfortable, and I yeah. associate that with violence. Yeah. So I think what happened was with one of his ex fiancés, like the police were called. I don't know if he was ever arrested or the other woman was arrested, but there was like a domestic disturbance. There was definitely a fight between them that got bad enough that police showed up, whether or not they Mm -hmm. called the police or neighbors did. I don't I haven't really looked into it, but Mm -hmm. I always feel like. And then they like sued each other, right? Because he'd given her all this money, very similar to the Dr. Jen sort of thing, <laughs> right? And who are these boyfriends who are giving people money? Where do I find who are one? these women that are accepting it, thinking that there's never going to be a day that comes where they're asked to do something as a result of having gotten that money, like give it back, a contract, you know? Or <laughs> yeah, it's when you're not married, it's not the same thing. Like when you're married, yeah. you own each other's money but legally you know it's i don't know with the louis thing i just feel like yes i'm nervous but if there's been no indication that he's been violent or controlling of Teresa, maybe i don't know maybe he's gotten help maybe i don't know what but yeah um it's kind of like how do you call out something that hasn't that isn't happening and if her daughters aren't worried and they mm-hmm. live with him. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. or are they worried? Mm-hmm. No, the or they're just not house, smart enough. You no know, prenup. Yeah, <laughs> worries me. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, right. 
<laughs> so it's a, but honestly as much as i'm not a fan of Teresa, i do want her to be happy i mean i wish that for everybody so and he seems to make her happy so uh, for her sake i'm hoping that you know he's turned around the corner and he's learned his lesson and he is what he says he is but joe gorger didn't seem that convinced so right i don't know i think you he's know nervous because of his who his sister has picked before yeah and i think fair. there's some way to joe gorga because they're, I mean, they're always trying to fix their relationship. And in the beginning, he was very Team Lily. And I he, think it's yeah. interesting that he's changed because he wants to have a good relationship with Teresa. And if he liked the guy, it would be an easy win to just be like, yeah, I think your guy is great. So the fact that Joe Gore is now like, oh, I'm not so sure. I think there's something there. Oh, I think there's something there. I just don't know if it's worth how much the people around her are pushing her to see it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like if she's not any yeah. in actual danger, like if she's not, I, I don't know. I mean, I think they're trying to get her to look for warning signs, but I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know. But, I don't know. But they're, they're trying to make her not get to the point of danger. But I, I understand what you're saying. Like, what are you going to do when you haven't, there's no signs. You can't just manufacture something. We'll We'll see as this, I mean, if he started giving her like, instructions like you need to be spending time with me and not with all your friends i want you to be you know like doing things where he's like cutting her off from people that's like a really big red flag but thus far we haven't seen any of that we just know all of his past past yeah but she's kind of like hey i have a past too i committed you know federal fraud and (laughs) to prison prison. you know so like who i think part of her is like who am i to judge other people look at what i've done gosh Teresa is also but mandy do you really think that Teresa has taken that kind of responsibility for going to jail i don't know i feel like she's taken more responsibility than joe judice and that her children like i think i think she gets it like It's been a long journey because in the beginning she was not taking any responsibility. No, no, and that is actually why I stopped watching Jersey's because I was so annoyed with her. Right, Um, (laughs) but I find it—I don't know—it's been a while since I've watched, but I I wondered if she still had that same mindset of like it was Joe's fault or I signed papers. She thought it was my lawyer should have gotten me off. That one's when she said, "Yeah, well, her." There's a lot there. I feel like there is part of her, maybe not that she realizes the ramifications, but maybe being a little less judgmental. I've seen her be less judgmental towards other people since coming back from jail. The people she likes. Yeah, it's the right. people she likes <laughs> she's still saying what did i do wrong she was so happy that marge called out jen because she's like so what's the difference between what i she still doesn't see yeah no, what she, she did wrong right so if With melissa does it she's not that that you know you know melissa and Teresa's relationship it's never they're just on eggshells <laughs> around each other melissa. they hate each other was so funny this episode it's just her showing up in scenes and being like what happened what's going on (laughs) (laughs) i love melissa i every a lot of people don't like her which is so strange to me and i get it they think she's riding her coattails and not until the not all diamonds and rosé book and the ultimate girl strip did i i actually sided with Teresa on that how they came on the show i think was a little bit shady 
um, even though they weren't talking, you still send a text saying, hey, <laughs> I'm being interviewed. She's like, we weren't talking. Well, just send a text. She doesn't have to respond, but you could have given her the the grace to know that you might be coming on her show. Um, right. But yeah, and you know, Teresa's always talking about loyalty. And then now Joe Gorga is giving her that loyalty. And then Gia is like, no, don't do that. And you're not siding up for him. So what do you want, Teresa? Just everyone to do your bidding according to your rules, which are never consistent. So I really liked what Melissa did during the argument um, with Gia and Joe Gorga. Me too. I thought she was doing great auntie who married into the family work. (laughs) She she did. She was like, he loves you. And then when she would tell him, hey, you need to calm down and listen to her. Like she was really encouraging both of them to get to a good spot without inserting herself. Yeah. Yeah. I like Melissa. I just think she 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 plays a part. Except when she says she has a dead sister and she wants to have a baby. <laughs> I'm with Jen on that. That was that was not true. <laughs> but oh. the way I'll take her, they're all flawed. You know, you just they gotta are. love them. They are, except for Jackie. Just kidding. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love Jackie. I really feel like she's very authentically herself. And yes. so some people don't like that, but I appreciate her. I like I like Jackie. My only little thing about Jackie is every time I see her, I see pain. That's just me. I don't know what it is. I know. And, and I, it's not I'm not you. saying there's anything, but every time I see her and I understand that she has like, like the, um, the food issues. Yes. And I know that's a lifelong thing that she has to deal with, but I don't know if it's beyond that. But every time I see her, it's almost like she's struggling with something and I don't know what it is. But other than that, I like her. I think it's her, like the way her body is always positioned. I don't know mm-hmm. if she has like scoliosis or something, but she always seems to be bending over, over yeah, in a like way powering. that looks like she's uncomfortable. But yeah. I think that might just be her stature. Yeah. You know? As a new viewer, I I did sense the, the dark cloud over okay. her. And even last year, I watched a few episodes and the husband cheating. I thought it was that. But then I came back this year and I was like, oh, no, you're just a cloud. Well, they keep bringing it up. I think she... I don't know. I I like her, but I do think she's really struggled with her eating disorder. And it is just Uh, like a constant battle. And every time I think, you know, you're filming, there's food around and you're having to like think about how you're eating and and people are knowing people are watching you must be very stressful, you know, and not just your co-stars, but the public, the viewers. You're so right. I'm always looking at what she's eating. Like I noticed she just got fruit right when they were at Dolores's house. So you're so right. It's a lot of pressure. I don't know how these people go on TV. I could never. We get a bad review and I'm dying. So oh my I god. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I take them so personally too. Do you guys have like eight more minutes for me to ask you questions about Miami and Summer House? Absolutely. Okay. I don't watch Summer House, but yes. Okay, yes. let's go. Okay, just one question on Miami because I'm going to go into it in detail next week's episode. But okay, I wrote down: Is it just me, or does it feel like Larsa Pippen is on a completely different show than the other women? Delusional. Okay, <laughs> delusion. Like I can't even. Like Larsa, you are like Z-list, but she thinks she's A-list. And she strolls in and walks in and thinks like, you know, she's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But when she said she got the cover of 
what was it? Vogue. Harper's, Harper's Bazaar in Vietnam. And the producers go <laughs> Vietnam. I died. <laughs> oh man. But it also feels like she's filming a completely different show. Like she's filming Keeping Up with the Kardashians, where you choose very like <laughs> low stakes storylines where you like say things that are obviously false, right? Where she's like, There's yeah. so much writing on this event. It's like <laughs> riding on this event you have 12 cars we all watch selling sunset season two like <laughs> like what are you talking about that this one event is going to make or break you or make or break your jewelry line you know like she says things and it's yeah. like or, or she's oh i want to sell my house but my husband like we haven't finalized our divorce and he doesn't want to like very low stakes and then you've got these other women coming in with like i have a son who's permanently disabled and my other son like you know is endangering him and my new yeah. husband to be can't get along with them and people who have issues with their dads and there's just like so much more going on with everyone and then she shows up with like these storylines that are it just makes me laugh like i just find it funny yeah, yeah. she's like in a one percent life <laughs> like she's filming like she thinks she's on the life lifestyles of the rich and famous let me put it that way with right? her, with it's like a very problems. different show that she's on and i i don't dislike it it's just like yeah. <laughs> wait <laughs> like it just makes me laugh um <laughs> So I know you don't both watch Summer House, but just have to get thoughts. Oh, I watch it. Okay. Tane, Craig and Paige, how do you feel about not just what – okay, so both what Craig was saying to Paige this episode, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. was that you and I aren't exclusive. You didn't want to be. Um, I haven't done anything wrong. I will be honest with you if you ask me questions. Okay. As well as how he said it. Okay. Did you watch Winter House before I answer? Yes. Okay. So here's my thing. Craig is a great housewife. Yeah. When he <laughs> gets mad, <laughs> when he gets mad, he's going below the belt. Mm-hmm. Madison got a lot of that, you know, stuff. So he took it out on Lindsay, mm-hmm. first of all. And I know you don't like the word gaslight. And I know someone said it. I don't oh, think he quite <laughs> gaslit her. But he was just trying to cover up for whatever that he did. But my issue mostly was with Paige. Because they do have an agreement. They could see anyone that they wanted. She was wearing it like an armor and saying, you know, we could do whatever we want. She's doing the same thing with Andrea. Right? Andrea. So I didn't even understand the whole dynamic. And then isn't this what they gave Luke shit for last year? Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So I I don't stand anyone on these shows. I will find faults in everyone, but I fucking stan Luke from Summer House. Okay. I love too many people that come for him and he just does not have an ounce of what I think is like. I don't think he brings negativity to the show. I don't think he's a mean person. Nope. No, he wasn't. And I was so annoyed by Sierra just latching onto Hannah and just taking her word for it. And I'm like, what did Luke do? He was just friends with you. So I didn't understand the whole dynamic. So going back to Craig and Paige, I just, Craig was rude about it. 
Craig just handled it. You're weak if you believe that, if right. you whatever. And then Paige was just like, Paige, if you like Craig, then just say that. But don't act like, you know, you're a bad bitch and, oh, I can do whatever I want this summer. And the minute you hear that he's also sleeping with someone else. But I think it's because it was Kristen Cavallari. I, I, <laughs> I actually might be think was. so, too. <laughs> She she's said like, it. I don't know if I can compete with her is what I think she was thinking. Yeah. So but also maybe he lied about it because she didn't know the entire time. So I don't know. But, you know, that's what happens with friends with benefits. I say this all the time. Someone's feelings is going to get hurt. Yeah, I I agree. I think the way he said it was really nasty because it's like you're saying you're weak or you're yeah. weaker than I thought is a really shitty thing to make someone feel bad about their feelings, which you can't always control. But what he was saying totally made sense to me, where he's like, listen, like, we're not exclusive because you didn't want to be. Exactly. So like, don't go, don't be mad at me for following the rules that you set forth. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I'm with you on that. I hear Luke is with Maya, and I don't know if it's true. I mean, I want it to be, but I don't think it's true. Oh, man. I'm yeah, obsessed said, with Maya's ex. He was asked about it on Ryan Bailey's podcast, and he said, I will never close the door on Maya. So I Aww. feel like it's not on her. I think it's not on his end. Like, he, I think, would be with her. Oh, <laughs> I'm actually obsessed with Maya's ex. Oh, I, chef, chef, chef Chef Kwame from he was on Top Chef and now he's like a self-established. He wrote a book. We've been to his restaurant when he was in D.C., Kith and Kin on the wharf. And he's going to be made to a movie. And I kind of stalk him. But yeah, a I movie about it. Yes, I think in that his book. I think that level of success is difficult if you've got two people who are trying to make it in that same industry, you know? Yeah, but he's I think. Yeah, the problem is I think he made it and maybe she didn't get it, but she's referenced in his book, not a lot, but we knew there was someone there and she supported his dreams and all that. So before I found out it was him, I didn't even know that it was Maya. I just thought she just said she had an ex and they didn't specify who it was. But I think because he actually made it, because he's actually kind of established now and he was like a main judge on Top Chef last season the COVID season and he's been on a lot of shows and he hobnobs with the famous people now so I think it's just the the imbalance maybe of their careers that happened but I don't know she said they hooked up a month ago well when yeah before filming yeah yeah I mean so who knows she was perfectly cast yeah she just fits in not like Alex right He's so awkward. I think I think things there has to be a reason why he was cast. Like there does. I just I'm hoping we find out later in the season. But she's just at ease with everyone. Yes, she is. I, I'm really hoping that Alex just wasn't a diversity cast and they're just like, well, we check the box and then that's it. But we have a whole season to go, and I really hope that. There's a reason. But for now, I don't... Has he never watched the show? Who throws out vodka? <laughs> what do you mean? Th- oh, throws it out. <laughs> yeah, they were cleaning it up and he's pouring it out. He's like, it, that's gold. It doesn't go bad. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, I, I love Summer House. Like, it just found its groove and it's good casting now. The twins are out. So it's it's great. It's yeah, great. I didn't realize how toxic they were. Yeah, they were. To, to all of it. You know, even <laughs> Lindsay, I didn't enjoy when they were on the show. Yeah, Lindsay's a hit or miss for me. 
Yeah, I like her a lot the last few years. But yeah. in the beginning, I thought she was really mean to her roommate. She Christina was. Gibson reporting yes. for duty or whatever her, her <laughs> thing was. Um, I yes. just felt like Christina wasn't trying to get famous. She just happened to be on the show because she was friends with them. And Lindsay, I think, really wanted the show to work. And she just made up this like fight with her roommate and was really mean. <laughs> she was. I think they all were mean the first season. I didn't think Christina was. Oh, yeah, that's true. She and then she like left and never seen again. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think she's still friends with um, Kyle. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. What do you think of Kyle and Amanda? Oh, I like them together. I, there's a lot of demons and I understand and it's easy to pick like in a relationship like oh they're bad separate blah 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 but honestly relationships are ebbs and flows and I think it was just a bad time and I like them together Kyle really doesn't need to drink that much um he needs to if he has bad behavior and he he blacked out and that's when he well, I don't know, cheated kissed somebody else then you kind of have to control it but I like them together and I hope they last yeah I mean they've been through a lot they were you know, they remind me a little bit, not the same, but of Katie Maloney and Tom Schwartz. And that, oh, like, yeah. if you've made it this far without breaking up, like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I see you staying together. Oh, well, Katie and uh, Tom, I think they hate each other. <laughs> you think they, I actually but think they're too, think but they they're, too, they're too lazy to go date other people. So I actually has no think energy. they like each other, but it just doesn't. I don't know. Something about Katie does not translate on camera, but I do think she's a good person and a good friend and a good wife. And I just feel like she gets shit on, but everyone stays friends with her and everyone stays loyal to her. I think that's fair, but I do think there's a certain level of laziness attached to both of them where both of them are. She just doesn't have the energy to go out there and date again. Might as well deal with what I have right now. And then he's not a, like a motivated person, you know? Yeah. So they're just like, eh, we'll just make it work. Okay. Hate, <laughs> they don't hate each other. They just <laughs> they stick with each other. They seem like, you know, best buds and roommates a bit more yes. than husband and wife. Um, yes. And Kyle and Amanda seem more like husband and wife. Husband and wife. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you guys so much. We've talked for so long. I told you I wouldn't <laughs> give you this long. But I just love hearing from you. Um, tell everyone where they can find your podcast and where they can find you on social media and anything else you want to plug. So we are um, on Twitter and Instagram at AlterCall, M-A-F-S, A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. And you can find our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, et cetera. Amazing. Well, thank you guys so much for being on. You're going to have to come on again. And um, Tane, you live in the area. This summer, we have to get together. It's a date. <laughs> I'll fly in. I'll fly in. <laughs> yes. Yes. Come back to D.C. when it's like too hot to function. <laughs> Thank you.